The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I would lean towards that he'll be active. Now, whether or not that means that he would play or he would be available in an emergency setting is something that we're going to continue to work through. You know, kind of like I said, you know, you're still trying to give him the appropriate information. There's so many things that a quarterback's responsible for. And so how do you really try to package um, the en- enough information to be able to allow him to go play well without overloading him with unnecessary stuff is, is kind of that balance. I mean, it would be unprecedented. Uh, from my experiences because of everything that a quarterback's asked to do to bring him in in such a short period of time and have him go out there. But I do think that he'd be capable of it if we asked. You know, that sign behind Sean McVay that says urgent enjoyment, boy, it has a different vibe when you're three and nine than when you're on top of the NFC and on your way to winning a Super Bowl. The show's BFT Live, presented by Google Pixel. Learn more at googlestore.com. We play that for one very important reason. The Rams get their Thursday night game tonight at the commencement of Week 14 against the Las Vegas Raiders. A few weeks ago, there would have been no reason whatsoever to watch this game as it relates to either team, Chris. But the Raiders have won three in a row. After losing to the Colts, bottoming out, they've turned it around. Three straight victories. The black hole will take over SoFi Stadium tonight, and the only real question for the Rams is whether or not they can get Baker Mayfield sufficiently ready to play. I don't think it matters because unless they also claimed five new offensive linemen on waivers this week that I didn't notice, Baker's not exactly going to have time to do whatever he's managed to learn how to do the past two days. No, I I would would agree with that, right? We had a, a pretty long discussion about this yesterday. I mean, he has been in the West Coast offense, right? So like we talked about, there's going to be lots of similarities 
and the rules, and he's going to feel comfortable in some ways, but it's it's the next level stuff, the packaging of the plays. Wait, we did change the language from, you know, not every West Coast offense is exactly the same as we discussed yesterday. You know, double slants could be bangle, double slants could be lion, right? It's just like it's all that stuff that you got to process and feel comfortable there, spit it out of your mouth, and then can you, you know, understand why, hey, at the line of scrimmage we call two plays in the huddle. You know, do you know why we're, we're going to that other play? You know, it's, it's all those little intricacies that are going to make it very difficult. But I think it speaks to how desperate they are, you know, right now. The fact that they're even flirting with that idea, uh, you know, it does say something. And it, it does say that they're not, they're not giving up here. They're, they're still trying to fight and win football games. I do give them respect for that. But, yeah, they have too many issues with their football team right now, you know, to think that Baker Mayfield coming there is going to translate into a few wins here down the stretch. And I, I really wonder yeah. whether or not part of the motivation is to just get people to tune in and watch the game. That when you're 3-9 and nine and you have no chance of making it to the postseason and you're dead in the water and it's over and you've got – Thursday night football, you've got Monday night football after that. You've got Christmas Day game between the Rams and the Broncos at SoFi Stadium where they were encouraging season ticket holders last week to donate their tickets to charity instead of just not using them and having the place empty on Christmas Day because who would go to that game on Christmas Day now? Broncos Rams. I just feel like there's a certain element of are you not entertained? We're on TV. We have to do something to make people interested. This is interesting. This is the most interesting thing. What tricks you got up your sleeves right now, Sean McVay? How about Baker Mayfield two days after he stepped off a plane and for the first time joined the team? I feel like there's an element of that. And I think the league office probably likes that because Chris, it makes the game a little more interesting for me. I assume it has that same effect on anyone else out there who's who's at least in a position to choose what to do tonight. You and I don't have a choice. People who don't do this for a living can choose to do something else. It's the Christmas season. You can watch Elf. You can watch Bad Santa. You can watch It's a Wonderful Life. You can just turn off the TV and be with your family. You've got other choices tonight. Having Baker Mayfield play for the Rams at least makes that game a little more enticing to watch if you have nothing else that or anything else, as the case may be, slight difference that you can do. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Do I think that might have been part of it? Did, did the league nudge them a little bit? I, I, you know, maybe. I don't. I wouldn't be like like you know shocked if that happened. But I also think it it accomplishes a lot of other things for their football team too, where it made sense for them. You know, and and I know we hit on a lot of this yesterday, but hey, Stafford is getting up in up there. Stafford is beat up more than your normal 33, 34 year old quarterback. You know, he's taken a beating throughout his career, and he, we've seen the last two years it's a litany of injuries he's dealt with. So you know, that's where it protects you. You get a a head start on Baker Mayfield, and maybe he gets to a place, and instead of you know trying to you know, strike it rich for every dollar he can in free agency to, to most likely be a backup somewhere. You know, maybe now he gets a chance to say, hey, this ain't that bad to be the backup here. And this team, you know, McVeigh, they're smart. And I believe they'll get it together. And, and, you know, hopefully that can revive my career if I get a chance next year when Matthew Stafford's banged up. So I think it makes sense for them as an organization too, let alone some of the stuff you're talking about is, is in play. But like, Mike, here's the other thing people should watch. This is why they should watch, in my opinion. First off, the Raiders are on fire 
the Raiders are kind of fun to watch. They are. They've turned a corner here. And, like, Raiders in the playoffs is still a very real possibility. They got the Chargers, the Jets, and the Patriots in front of them. They play the Patriots. The Chargers, most people are going to pick them to lose against the Dolphins this week, right? I mean, the Jets have a pretty tough schedule down the stretch. This ain't over. It ain't over. So that's where I would tell people if I was sitting here being paid a few million dollars by uh, Mr. Bezos, that's what I would sell. And it's not over. And then they kind of got it going right now and are playing pretty good football. And I I think they're kind of fun to watch in doing it. There's a game looming. Yeah. As we look at the standalone contests to come over the next few weeks. One day after the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, Christmas Eve, 8.15 p.m. kickoff. That's cool. I know. NFL Network. Yeah. Raiders-Steelers. One of those teams could be the team. I mean, it could be kind of an elimination game between the Steelers and the Raiders. Whoever wins that game still very much alive to steal a spot in the postseason field from whoever the seventh seed may be and whoever may fall off. So that one's huge. Because the Steelers right now also five and seven, they could go to six and seven this weekend. The Raiders could go to six and seven tonight. And they can both keep their climb going, and one of them could maybe get in, and maybe it comes down to December twenty fourth in Pittsburgh to decide which one of the two makes a push the final two weeks of the season. So right. hey, the Raiders, it's amazing. They were done. They were left for dead. Good lord, you lost to a Colts team that had one of the most crazy weeks that any team has ever had. That it's self inflicted. On itself yeah. by firing Frank Reich and hiring Jeff Saturday. And who's going to call the plays? Gee, pretty important decision. We need to make that decision. What are the players going to do? What the hell are we doing here? Jeff Saturday get up to speed and they go to Las Vegas and they win. And they're winless since then. And the Raiders are unbeaten since then. It's just it's just craziness. It is. But you're, you're right. The Raiders have finally reached their full potential at a, at a point when, you know, there was talk about would Josh McDaniels be one and done Mark Davis, owner of the team, made it clear that's not happening in large part because he can't afford to pay the buyout. Unlike his friends in Denver who can just bat an eye and the millions will fall out to pay Nathaniel Hackett to leave after one year. Right. Davis has to keep McDaniel. So then the question is, well, they're going to keep Derek Carr. Yeah. They're going to keep him. Yeah. And these two coexist. And now three weeks later, it just shows you how quickly things can change in the NFL. But I'm with you, especially with Josh Jacobs expected to play tonight. The way Devontae Adams has been playing and Derek Carr, and just it's a total team effort, and they've gotten better and better and better every week. And and this should be this should be a game. Because, Chris, I feel like the Rams emptied the tank against the Seahawks on Sunday. So to turn it around on Thursday night yeah. when they're 3-9, and nine, I just think that's going to be tough to do. I, and I that hear just you. plays right into the Raiders' hands. I, I, I hear you there. It did seem like the Rams kind of emptied the tank. You know, they, they did some things on offense that they don't normally do. They tried to bring out every trick in the world to kind of help their football team out. They battled Seattle. I mean... Hey, yeah, that's, they, they were in the lead with, what, a minute and 30 seconds left, 40 seconds left in the football game until Geno Smith hits the game-winning touchdown. The Rams' defense is still damn good, even though you know, there's no Aaron Donald. and But the rest of the group, the scheme, it's still not easy. But when you talk about, yes, this guy right here on the screen right now, Derek Carr, he's playing awesome football. I think that, you know, it's a shame that the Raiders didn't win 
you know, one or two of those games early on in the year where you know, they blew leads and kind of were the better team on the field and then kind of messed up the end of the game. And, yeah, got unfortunate where that Jeff Saturday, thing, Jeff Saturday thing kind of brought that team together and you don't know what to expect from a team. And it, it, it got them. But you said it ever since then. You know, I think we're seeing why you stay patient with Josh McDaniels and what you've done there, Mark Davis. Because, one, I think Derek Carr is finally – feels really comfortable in the system. And the more time he gets in the system, the more he's going to realize it's unbelievable. It's the most intricate, detailed system in football, and it's one that is you, you can't even really implement it all in, in a full year. It, it's, it's like they're going to get to next offseason, and Derek Carr's going to be like, wait, there's another section in the playbook? And, yeah, he's going to be like, yeah, we're going to the Brady level of the playbook now. We're going to start to get into some stuff here where – you know, it's a little more, de- you know, detailed and crazier rules and stuff for certain pass plays. But between that, you know, Josh Jacobs, like you talked about, man, it's just like, you know, they're going to throw it to Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller aren't even there. Doesn't matter. They find ways to hit him every week. And then the defense has changed too here over the last few weeks. Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator, you know, really good mind, but He's changed his approach, too. It's like they lost to the Colts, and they were like, all right, we got to maybe be a little more aggressive on offense and defense, same thing, and you know, it, it'll be fun to watch tonight. But, yeah, I expect them to win the football game against a Rams team that, like you said, emptied the tank and, and you know, is trying to hold it together and championship pride and all that, but there's only so much you can do. And to your point from earlier, if you take a look at the NFL's standings, specifically for the AFC, yeah. With the Jets losing to the Vikings on Sunday, and the Jets are underdogs in Buffalo right. this coming Sunday, as they should be, they get to 7-6. and six. The Patriots, who knows where they're going to go from here at 6-6. Six and six. There is a cluster of 5-7 and seven teams. The Browns, the Steelers, the Raiders. One of those three teams could break in the right direction, and I don't think the Browns will because I think Deshaun Watson has a lot more work to do right. to get that team to a point where it can make a late push between the Steelers and the Raiders. That's the one to watch. That's one of those teams that can rise up and pick off the Jets currently at number seven, jump over the Patriots and the Chargers along the way. It just shows you how much a week or two can just change things in the NFL. It looked like all four teams from the AFC East were going to the playoffs not that long ago, but teams start, you know, one or two losses, it dramatically changes how you feel about a team's fate. And and one or two wins or three straight, as the case may be, and you're, you're uh, in position to make a run as the Raiders are. And, you know, it was that Derek Carr press conference after the loss to the Colts. Yeah, that's right. Where it felt like crocodile tears, and there was the question of, is everybody in the locker room on the same page? Right. Monte Adams said something similar. Josh McDaniels pushed back. It felt like they had inherited the Colts' dysfunction as a result of playing them, like it's a virus that was spreading. That's what's amazing to me. And I've been picking against them every week. not going to tonight. <laughs> Spoiler alert for the upcoming Mega Picks podcast. I won't be picking the Rams to beat the Raiders. Not tonight. But uh, it's, it's, you know, it's fun to see. And it just... We set our narratives in September and October, but November and December can change everything about what we think, what we know, and where a team is heading. And the Raiders are a prime example of it. This year, one of those teams, you know, said every year, hanging around at Thanksgiving, right. find the gas pedal, and off they go. Yeah, they, they could be that. And last week, you know, the other thing we had, we had a Chandler Jones sighting. You know, they got him going. 
You know, and I think that's partly because of what they've been doing a little bit on defense, where they might have been more conservative and playing by the book earlier in the year. They kind of have gotten more aggressive. You watch the Raiders now, it's you know, there, there's periods of the game where you go, wait, is it the Dolphins or the Raiders I'm watching? There's people at the line of scrimmage. They're dropping out. Some are blitzing. Some are not. I mean, it's it's all over the place. So they've really changed their mantra. And and I'll, that Derek Carr, it, it, it it's you know, people listen. I understand sometimes those crying tears and some of the things he says in post-game press conference it's yeah I, I get people look at it and go eh, it's kind of cheesy or corny or whatever I get it I understand it I, I see that aspect but I will say being around the guy before in life he's like that it's not an act and you know I do think he has like pretty high leadership skills I do you know and, and I think it speaks for itself the, the, the fact that how he weathered the storm with John Gruden who was trying to replace him. And then I think the other thing you got to take into account with Derek Carr is just, hey, the guys love him on the team. You don't ever hear anybody. I mean, Khalil Mack has gone to two different teams, and he still loves Derek Carr. I mean, it's like his buddy, my best teammate ever. Devontae Adams left them forever and was in Green Bay and was like, I want to get back with the guy I played with in college. So there's something there to him. And I, you know, give those two credit for kind of, taking the reins after that game and, and calling out the team. You know, sometimes that's what you need. The coach can't always do it. The coach sometimes has to play good cop, bad cop. And when you're losing, it's hard for the coach to play bad cop too much and go, hey, we're not doing this enough and all that. So the players did it a little bit. And I, I give them credit for that. You know, I, I understand people kind of making fun of him at time. I get it. But I, I think that's truly who he is. And, you know, I think he's a – He's a damn good quarterback, and he's playing really good football right now. Yeah, what seems hokey to us on the outside yeah. doesn't matter because we're not the audience. That's right. The audience was the guys in the locker room, right. and it worked on them, as evidenced by the fact that they've won three straight games and they go for four in a row tonight against a Rams team that has lost six in a row. They Oof. are three and nine. Aaron Donald is out. Matthew Stafford long gone, Cooper Cup long gone, Allen Robinson injured reserve. It's just been one thing after another this year. This is the worst start at three and nine for defending Super Bowl champion. Again, a, t- a title that that there are, as we said yesterday, there are teams out there that would love to be the worst defending Super Bowl champion of all time. But it, it it just shows you how quickly things can turn around, and it's turned around in a bad way for the Rams. And right right at the moment where they embark on this four-game uh, yeah. stretch of nationally televised standalone Jeez. games, although I would like to think week 17, the NFL is going to choose to move Rams-Chargers out of the prime spot. Please, please. Uh, for, for both reasons. The only, the only thing the Chargers can feel good about this year is they're three games better than the Rams. <laughs> if you had told the Chargers going into the season, hey, guys, you're going to be three games better than the Rams after 13 weeks, they'd have gotten pretty excited. Yeah, and no, yeah, there, there's no question about that. You know, but, but you know, I, I think, Mike, you know, I know we've hit on this a little bit as of late, but we've hit on it a lot over the last few years, and it's just never happened, and it's just funny that it happened this year. How many seasons did we go into here as we worked together to go – Man, the Rams, you know, they're top-heavy. They're thin. They're, you know, a star football team. If they get a few injuries, it'll change your team. And, you know, credit to them, they really haven't had those issues throughout the Sean McVay era. But it's crazy how they won the Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden this year it hit. And then you see all the problems when it does hit like that. You know, the things that we thought might be a problem – you know, we're seeing it front and center now. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's lack of depth on the football team. You know, you're missing a few guys. You don't have the you don't have as quality of backup players. You know, 
you'll lose a few guys and hey you had to pay a few guys some more money because you won the Super Bowl and now you know your offensive line which wasn't great you lost a few of them you couldn't even replace them with you know high quality starters there so and I think they're starting to you know, deal with some of the, the, the issues of going F them picks there and, and their style of play here where you, you see it's, it's hard for them to weather the storm when, you know, more than you know, two or three injuries happen. They're not like the Tennessee Titans of last year or the 49ers of last year where there's great depth throughout the roster where they're, okay, we're missing guys. We wish they were there, but we're still going to be a handful this week and have a chance to win the game. You know, you just, it's, that, that's the unfortunate part for the Rams. Yeah, it just puts more pressure on your organization to find good, cheap, available talent and coach them up and get them ready. And that's been the big flaw in the FM pick strategy because it's not just that you're giving up your draft picks. You're surrendering the ability to have a player under contract for four or five years at an affordable rate relative to what you're paying the superstar. You want those young guys that are locked in for at least three years, no matter how good they are. They're locked in for three years to that slotted rookie contract that helps you smooth out the money and have a great roster with all those picks gone. And the great irony, the thing was their best player, Aaron Donald was a draft pick that they actually used. And the theory in league circles has been, they just got to a point where they were paralyzed by the fear of blowing it with a first round pick of using the pick and getting a guy who ends up stinking, so let's package it for a proven commodity. And there is there is some value in doing that on a limited basis as part of building your team like the Eagles did with A.J. Brown. But that doesn't mean you make it the foundational concepts yeah. on which your team is built. It can't be across the board, mortgage your future three years into the future and beyond to have – a star here, a star there, a star here, a star there. Because once those stars burn out, you're going to be three and nine. Yeah. And you're going to be wondering what the hell happened. And Sean McVay, when he plays his first Thursday night game of the year on a short week, obviously he played the first Thursday night to start the season. But his first Amazon game, he's going to be looking up at Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit thinking, I could have been up there with Al. I could use some of that Bezos and, uh, money right there. <laughs> maybe, 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 I, maybe I made the wrong decision. Because, you know, even though, even though he got himself a Super Bowl ring in the fraternity – of Super Bowl winning coaches of which he's now a member, he's kind of the black sheep because he's the one that went three and nine the next year. <laughs> yeah. So uh and and you know he's got to be tormented by that. Anyone who cares about their job would be tormented by how they've crashed and burned this year. So it's just it's not good for the Rams. And you and I may disagree on whether or not they can turn it around. I, I don't think that yeah, I hear they, you, Mike. I know. A, it's a quick it's a quick it's a quick spin here because Stafford's health issues are still going to be lingering. And Aaron Donald's contract was structured so after two years he could walk away without right. any financial ramifications. But he's got to be thinking after this year, what the hell did I do? I think he and McVeigh both have to be thinking, what the hell did we do well, coming back for one more year yeah. if this is the one more year we came back for? Their stars are aging. You know, the guys that we're talking about uh, are no you – know, Aaron Donald, it's the first year – in a long time, we're definitely Aaron Donald's not the best defensive player in football. He's still awesome, but it's the first year. It's, it's official. It's not. You know, it's it's the first year where Jalen Ramsey's no longer one of the five best corners in football, right? So it's it's all of those things are kind of hitting a peak, Mike. And it is funny. It's it's a it's a you know maybe a conversation for the off season. You're right. I don't know if they can turn it around this off season either. I, I I'm not saying they can. I'm I'm hopeful just because. I believe in the group out there. 
you know, knowing Sean McVay through the years and what we've seen from those football teams and kind of what we're seeing right now. You know, they're, they're, they're still fighting, and that's why I always give them respect. They're scrappy that way. But, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done there. And, and to, to that, Mike, you know, going back to the Super Bowl and doing my interview with them and all that, and I don't think they wanted to do this. I don't think this was like they were sitting around having meetings going, let's go with the F them picks approach. I think it kind of just was like one of those snowballs that kind of got steam and they got one guy and then somebody else came available. You know, at least that's the way they've always conveyed it to me. And he said that, you know, during our Super Bowl pregame interview that it, it wasn't really a, a planned attack. It kind of just happened organically. Because two, you know, Mike, you could argue. I don't believe it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm just, I'm just saying it. But I mean, they can say it. I don't have I to know. believe it. I understand. I, I, I don't know if I believe it either. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just throwing it out there right now. The, the, the yeah. reason I'm just throwing it out there right now, just for our talk, is because they are good at drafting. They are. You know, that's where I do believe them. They, the, the, the middle class picks they've made have what have helped them out. You know, the last few years, when you're looking at the roster going, wait, who the hell is this guy that's starting a corner in a fourth round? Oh, damn, he's kind of good. Oh, that's Darius Williams. Oh, yeah, he's out of here. You know, they've had a lot of that where they've done great there. So that's where I, you know, I want to believe them because I like them. But, yeah, I don't know, Mike. You're right. I don't know if, if I, you know, 100% believe them, but I want to. And uh, I just was kind of giving the other side of the story there. I wasn't trying to say I was right or you were wrong or anything like that. The signature move that they made the past couple of years was the trade for Matthew Stafford. They gave up two first-round picks and a third-round pick and Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. And when you consider – now, yes, they won a Super Bowl with Stafford last year. So that's on one side of the good ledger. But when you consider how Goff is currently playing, how Stafford currently is not playing, boy, it sure looks like the Lions got – the far better of that deal. But the whole idea was they freaked out because they recognized they shouldn't have given Jared Goff the big contract. And this is where I'll go back and do the victory lap from June of 2019, the year after they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and I was saying, don't pay Jared Goff. You don't were. get caught up in the fact that he took it to the Super Bowl. Don't pay Jared Goff. And Fred Rogan, who at the time was with the NBC affiliate in LA, and frankly, I don't know if he still is or not because I just don't I don't keep up with all the local yeah. markets. But they had me on their radio show and he's giving me a hard time. And he had Sean, interviewed Sean McVay and acted like what I what I suggest was the dumbest shit he's ever heard in his oh, life. Yeah. Well, you, guess couldn't tell, what? you couldn't tell anybody out you there. No, you, I was you, telling you people. You shouldn't have paid right. Jared Goff. Right. So that whole thing, you're giving up two first-round picks and a third-round pick to offload the awful Jared Goff contract and bring in Matthew Stafford. That, to me, was like the holy crap. That's the epitome of the F-them-picks mindset. And I think once you do that, and they'd already done the Jalen Ramsey deal, but they just had this attitude. We're, we're going all in. It isn't necessarily F-them-picks. It, that became the meme, and that became the T-shirt. But the whole move was the Teddy KGB. I'm going all in. Remember they used that? They, they splashed the pot when, yeah. they, when they traded for Vaughn Miller last year, who was there for half a season before he left. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. And I think they got to a point there where, yeah, I, I think the coaches realized that, damn, we, we shouldn't have paid him that much. But they got boxed into a corner a little bit. California kid went to Cal College, first pick of the draft. 
you couldn't, to your point with what you're talking about, the local affiliates, you couldn't tell anybody that he wasn't that good. That's the fun. I would get eviscerated because I wouldn't have him as like a top five or top 10 quarterback. I was like, no, he's 20. He's 21. You're insane. And I'd have people at affiliates, affiliates out there. I mean, damn, Jim Everett got at me on Twitter once and told me I was ridiculous. And I was like, what exactly is ridiculous about the guy who throws a screen pass and Todd Gurley runs 90 yards? What did it tell me? You know, <laughs> I, I could do that still. Jim, you could still do it. So, you know, but, the, but yeah. And, I, you know, I don't love this conversation of, you know, because this was going on early in the year. Well, is Jared Goff better than Matthew Stafford now? Maybe they messed up. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. The Lions are better than the Rams, as we said earlier in the year. I mean, you go through the roster at this point. I'm talking about forget the injuries. They've got more talent. And, you know, I want everybody to, oh, Jared Goff's amazing. I know, but Jared Goff's bar is low. It's 19 touchdowns and seven interceptions, and they're five and seven. And we're like, look, he's hitting open receivers. This is amazing. Look at this. He is kind of good. He can complete a pass. So he is a, he's exceeding his expectations of what we expected, and he's playing great. It's the best year of his career. There's no doubt. But he ain't Matthew Stafford. You put Matthew Stafford on Detroit right now, and that, game, that team's going to be more dangerous. I'll tell you that for sure. But good for Jared Goff. And, yeah, Detroit, they actually, I think we discussed this, they got a decision to make. I, I never thought we would be talking about this at the end of the year where, yeah, maybe you do stick with Jared Goff. Maybe you don't go in for the, the quarterback. Um, but, but either way, I didn't mean to get off topic on the Lions here. But no, the Rams, no, the Rams but, got but, some but issues. That's, that's the, yeah. the, but that's the point. The Rams gave up all that to get rid of the contract that they gave him when they shouldn't have. Yeah. And in, yeah. You know, just two years under that contract, they realized how badly they screwed up. And that whole thing felt so phony and fake. And they're trying to hide the fact that they basically gave the Lions a first round pick to please rescue us from this awful Jared Goff contract. It always had that feel of an inside job. Brad Holmes gets the GM job in Detroit. He came from the Rams. They worked closely together. All the other teams. He was one were of the believers of golf. Kyle, yeah. Kyle was was frozen out. The Washington football team would have been interested in Matthew Stafford. It's one of the reasons why Washington called every team this year to see if their quarterback was available because they didn't want to take any chances because right. they got frozen out. It had that feel of kind of a cozy, cronyish thing, and it helped McVay and Snead. Keep Stan Kroenke from figuring out that they had to burn a first-round pick to get rid of this god-awful contract that they insisted on doing just two years earlier. It's an amazing, it's an amazing story. And the fact that they won the Super Bowl glossed it all over. It is, yeah, it is. But now yeah. the price has come due. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why they're 3-9 and nine right now. Yeah. And Stafford's not playing, and Goff is playing, and the Lions may make the playoffs, and the Rams clearly won't. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, we mentioned Vaughn Miller. Yeah. Von Miller was the splash the pot move they made last year. They picked him up in trade with the Broncos, another F them picks move. They got OBJ in free agency after he was released by the Browns with a negotiated 
understanding as to his ongoing salary there. Von Miller had a knee injury that he suffered on Thanksgiving. And it was just nine days ago on the Vaughn cast, on yeah. Bleacher Report, that Vaughn Miller said, well, I'm going to miss this weekend's game, but I'll be back for week 14 against the Jets. I'll come back and play. And that's all we'd heard. It was a lateral meniscus issue. They'll put a brace on it. It'll be fine. Well, then they decided at some point along the way, because apparently the knee wasn't responding to treatment and rest and recovery, they went in to operate on the lateral meniscus. And lo and behold, they found that the ACL was torn. At least that's the story we're being told. You know, all these reporters that were saying there's no ACL tear don't want to be wrong about it. So now it's like, well, it just kind of just kind of happened that it turned out to be torn. And they used the term exploratory surgery yesterday, and I thought that went out like in the seventies. I remember no, the it, it's, I it's, uh, I it, it's it's very. I thought it sounded kind of fun. It, hey, we're going on it. We're going on an exploration. Right, right. I mean that it, that to me felt like the old hail mary. We don't know what the hell's wrong with this bastard. Let's just cut him open and start looking. Uh-huh. I mean, that's never inspired a whole lot of confidence no, for me. No, it, unfortunately, it happens a lot in the NFL. It does. We're, let's just open you up and see what's going on in there. We're not sure. And, wow. uh, and I don't know. It always makes me question because I'm like, oh, yeah, is that what you want to do, doctor? And then give the uh, $400,000 bill to the team? Is that a uh, great, great. But, uh, yes, that does go on in the NFL a little too often. It does sound like, you know, it, I don't know. And, again, I just, just my past experiences where – Hey, pulling the knee and all that stuff, it didn't seem hey, ACL. It's it, it almost has the feel of like they went in there and it was a partial tear, like, like one of those things, right, where it wasn't totally – and I don't know, maybe it was. Maybe I, I don't know. But it just seems that way. But it's so unfortunate. Damn, it stinks. You know, I mean, I don't want to see that. You don't want to see that. First off, Von Miller's awesome. He showed his value to this football team many times already this year. And it's a team that – you know, we knew it was a Super Bowl team without him, and this was the move that we were supposed to put him over the top. And we all want to see, you know, teams that are of this caliber at their best when we get here to, you know, this time of the year. You know, because you hate to go, ah, oh, the Bills lost to this team in the playoffs. Man, what if they had Von Miller? I wonder what it would have been like. You know, you just we all, I, as a as a, a fan of the sport, I'd like to see it. But yeah, it's unfortunate, and uh, man. You know, when you're playing in a conference against Mahomes, and let's not forget, Von Miller was a big reason they beat Kansas City. He closed out the game. He was around Mahomes late, a lot late in the game and made him move and made him throw that interception. So that's where it's, it's unfortunate. It really is. And, you know, you're in a conference with Mahomes and Joe Burrow and company. Uh, that's where Von Miller is ultra important. And, look, last year we said, at least I did, I don't know if you agreed with me or not, but we said the Bills needed to be more aggressive. If yeah. they had made the trade for Von Miller, if they had signed Odell Beckham Jr., they'd have been the ones who won the Super Bowl. And for a short-term arrangement, that works. The problem then is Von Miller becomes a free agent, and the Bills do this mega deal. Now, six years, 120, it's not that. And he'll never be there for six years, especially after tearing his ACL during his first. But... The way the deal is structured, and this is a reminder to anyone out there that keeps banging that gong for fully guaranteed contracts for every player who signs a contract. He got $45 million fully guaranteed. He got full guarantees into the third year of the deal. And now the question is going to be, will he be ready to go in his second year? And there's nothing the Bills can do about it. They can't cut him. 
They owe him that money for all of 2023. He's got a roster bonus that comes due in the offseason that's already fully guaranteed of $13.345 million. He's got a base salary fully guaranteed next year of one point three. His base salary in 2024 is 17.1, and 10.7 of it is already fully guaranteed. $45 million fully guaranteed at signing for a guy that they have gotten a dozen games from. He's not there for the stretch run, and we don't know when he's going to be back. I mean, that is one of the risks of these full guarantees that go out into the future because what's going to happen now, Chris? Other guys are going to come in and carry the load. Von Miller's going to get paid to not play. Other guys are going to be playing and contributing, and there isn't going to be the money available to them because they've already made that huge commitment to Von Miller. That's why you need to – Tap the brakes a little bit when, when you, yeah, because it's the knee jerk. Oh, they should have guaranteed contracts yeah, for all. There's no way. It could be a problem. Yeah. It could be a problem. And you could have guys who get screwed on the back end because they're the ones rowing the boat while somebody else either isn't good enough to play or is too injured to play and they're making that money that the guys who deserve it should otherwise get. Yeah, that's right. And, and, you know, that's why I'll never, you know, you, you're the same way as I am. We want the players that get paid. I don't I'm not as an ex player, I'm not necessarily in favor of, of guaranteed contracts. To me, it's what separates the sport. It's why we're it's why football's the king of the world right now. Because it's like everybody for the most part is on a one or a two year contract. Everybody's fighting for their life. It's why we don't have like teams like in baseball or in basketball where at the end of the year it's 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 hard to tank. In basketball, the guy's like, well, I, I've got another eight years on my contract. I'm going to make, you know, another $120 million. Who cares about these last 20 games? We're out of it this year. It's over, right? It just it doesn't work like that in NFL. That's what keeps it ultra competitive and, like, the most awesome sport in the world. Other than a handful of guys, want two, three guys on every team, nobody's guaranteed next year. It's only, like, the elite, elite star players. So and then of course as physical as the sport is and everything like that, there's there's just guaranteed contract is that just can't happen. I don't see how they could ever balance that out and make it make sense. Let alone, I don't think it's probably the best thing for the sport. I think what we got right now is pretty damn good, and guys are getting paid, and it's a dangerous sport. We know that, but you know that's that's what we all signed up for. And if there ever was a guarantee across the board for all players the contracts would be shorter, and the values would be lower. Yeah, it's fully guaranteed, but you're not getting the same security Definitely. you otherwise would right. have gotten. Under the, look at what Von Miller got in an environment without fully guaranteed contracts. The six years, 120 isn't fully guaranteed, but he got $45 million fully guaranteed as the Bills tried to be aggressive. And what's sad about this, and Peter King wrote about this in the offseason in training camp. We've talked about it just last Friday. Brandon Bean, the GM of the team, wanted to keep Von Miller on a pitch count, wanted to use him sparingly, wanted to keep him healthy, understood that there was a risk of injury. And, you know, the guy was pretty good, so they ended up using him more than they intended. What always happens. How many times have we seen that? Yeah, right. Where a team says, we're going to go easy, but then he's out there and he's playing well. So awesome. And you're just like, exactly. Yeah. And he's in your ear going, wait, I feel great, coach. I don't want to come out. I want to keep playing. And you're like, okay, hey, let's do it. I know. And we're paying him all this money. And and, and you got the other guys who have to go in and, like, what are we? Chop liver? Like, we got to go out? You're, you're trying to protect him? Like, what the hell? And so what happened? He got injured. And uh, it's just, it's unfortunate for the Bills. Look, they're good enough to overcome it. Yeah. But, but. It's the, it's the two or three games at the end of the year. Playoffs. Right. 
Right. When you're up when you're up seven, ten points in the third or fourth quarter and you got Vaughn Miller coming around the edge, exactly. makes it a little easier to hold that hold that lead. Right. I mean, we we we, we saw him win the Super Bowl for a damn team last year. Uh, I know Aaron Donald, you know, made the last big play, but Von Miller made a lot of awesome plays in the second half of the football game to corral Joe Burrow and help them come back and win that football game. So, yeah, that's 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 where it, it, it does stink. And it's, you know, as we discussed already, it's it's the, he's in a conference where the pass rush is it's more important in the AFC than it is the NFC with some of the quarterbacks and the way the Dolphins are playing and they're coming up on the schedule and you know, there's just there's some guys and, and some players where, yeah, you could devise the greatest game plan in the history of football. It doesn't matter. I don't know if that's going to beat guys like Mahomes, Burrow, or Josh Allen. So it takes like, wait, we need a guy that's just a freak of nature that can make a play for us every now and then. And that is where Von Miller checked the box. And they don't have that guy on their front. They got a lot of good players, but they don't have that guy. And uh, that's where, yeah, it might not hurt them here in the regular season, but like you're saying it right. It's that divisional game. It's the championship game. It's the Super Bowl. And they got to play Jalen Hurts. Oh, damn, I wish we had Vaughn and he wasn't running around the corner on us. That's where we're going to start to notice it, and that's where it stinks for the Bills. When we last heard from Vaughn Miller, he was expressing optimism based upon the information that was available to him at the time that he'd be able to play this weekend. Here's Vaughn Miller from the hospital his message to all of us after the surgery to repair the torn ACL in his knee. This is my view. What's good? I'm good, man. I'll be right back, man. Um, mentally, I couldn't be in, in a better spot, man. And I think that is the uh, the majority of it, man. Don't feel sorry for me. Don't, don't say I hate it for you. None of that stuff. Because I am good. You know, I'm excited for the opportunity to show my teammates how tough I am. You know, how hard I work. And, um, you know, how important that this means to me, man. So I love you guys and I appreciate you guys, man. All love and respect. Don't blink, baby. <laughs> man, that's amazing. Well, that's a hell of an attitude. I Holy mean, crap. That's why I, he's no, I mean, to, to process yeah. everything that goes through your mind when you find out you thought you were going to be able to play, deal with it in the offseason, meniscus situation – Oh no, the ACL is torn. You got to go through that grueling, lengthy rehab, and hope, hope that you'll be ready to go week one. There's no guarantee. Look at what Odo Beckham Jr. is going through right, right now. Right. No. There's not the, the later the later it happens in a season, the harder it is to be ready for week one the next year. The the exceptions have ruined us. The Adrian Peterson Christmas Eve ACL tear at FedEx Field, and he was ready to go week one the next year. That doesn't happen. Very right. often. Right. It takes time to get yourself back to where you were, especially when you rely on speed. And look at David Bakhtiari. He suffered the torn ACL in practice two years ago. And look how long it took him. And yeah. he didn't even rely on the speed. Right. He needs the stability look at Chase Young and, right now. And right. moving. Right. Yes. We're still waiting for Chase Young to yeah. play. Great point. Yeah. So well, we, we, we have a few true freaks of nature, medical freaks of nature, who have made us think that this is like some routine surgery now, like going to get a root canal or something. No, it's a long process. And and I think the attitude of the individual is a big part of it too. And Von Miller's got a great attitude. He's going to attack the challenge, and I wouldn't bet against him. Uh, I wouldn't either. He's, he's a phenomenal human being. He's, he's one of my favorites in the history of the NFL. Been around Von a few times in my life and just uh, just can't say enough about him. Always a smile on his face, always positive like you see there. Always ready to work, loves the sport, you know, understands the history of the sport. He's all in. So, 
Uh, and that's 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 why you see teams, you know, try to get him. He's got great leadership qualities and a vibe about him that spreads throughout the locker room. And I mean, just the, the comment of like, I'm excited to show my teammates how hard I work and how much I really want to get back. I mean, though, though, that's a special comment right there. We'll see. I think this is a really damn good football team. We know that they're still on a mission. We have seen Von Miller tear his ACL before, and we've seen that team go on to go to the Super Bowl, right? 2013, I believe he tore his ACL in the Bron- or right in that year, and the Broncos went on to the- lose the Super Bowl against the Seattle Seahawks. But you know, they got him to win the Super Bowl. He's not going to be there. That stinks, but you know, they still can get there. I, I know that this team is is good enough, and with that quarterback, they're always going to be scary. One of the teams they may have to cross paths with at some point in the postseason is the Tennessee Titans. Yesterday, Coach Mike Vrabel met with reporters one day after GM John Robinson was abruptly fired by the team. We'll let you hear some of what Mike Vrabel had to say and react to it when PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel, continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 